0: Here we go. One more Dominion Sonship coming to your life. Thank you for joining us again. And for those that would listen to this message once it's been recorded, I truly appreciate that the Lord has brought you around to hear what I believe He's impressing on my heart for this hour. And we have been really, um, talking about the Word of God and the power of the Word of God and what, what the Word of God does and Really, the Word of God is our life. And without without the abiding in the Word, we're really not abiding in life. And we know that the Word of God is truth. Thy Word is truth, the Word says. And uh, Jesus is the living Word. He is the Word of God. And He is alive, ever making intercession for us, which is this Word. This Word is our understanding this word is our enablement this word is our potential this word is our ability this word is our life and without abiding in the word like i said we're not abiding in life we are abiding in deception because there's no middle ground between truth and a lie there's no there's no um little lies, big lies, what they call it, white lies versus, uh, I don't know what, I, but lie, a lie is a lie is a lie. If it's not truth, it's a lie. And so if it's not the word of God that we are gleaning into, then we're lending our ears to something that is error, something that is not truth, something that is not of God. And um, so we, I think since the fall of 21, we started majoring more on the power of the Word of God and I think this might be the sixth message in a row. We are talking about epinosis. Epinosis being this revealed knowledge that requires our participation. This revealed knowledge that we are now becoming. It is it is a knowledge that is divine. It is a knowledge that is brought to us by the Holy Spirit as our spiritual sight is unveiled. We recognize it is from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And as we press in the word, as we forgive, Get those things which were even doctrines that we were taught, and you come back to the purity of the Word of God. You're being transformed into the image and the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're really allowing the Word of God to take on flesh. Have you ever thought what is the image of Jesus that we're being conformed to? What is what is it that we are now being being made to resemble and made to reflect? The image of the son of God. And who is he? It is this word of God. And so the transformation is by the word to be the word. So to say, to be, to be, to be an expression, a fuller expression of the word of God. To be, to be so, so persuaded. And that's what faith is. It is a divine persuasion. It is faith, faith. The faith of the Son of God that comes through the hearing of the Word of God. And so you can't separate Jesus from the Word. You can't separate faith from the Word. You can't separate your spiritual growth from the Word. And so last week we looked at the state of your heart. And uh, it was open your heart to allow change, meaning do not resist conformity to the word of God. How will you resist conformity to the word of God? By yielding to the ways of the world. It is by, by, by taking on the world as your instructor, by... Meditating things that are not of the word of God. By being engaged in the wrong playing field. And so this transformation that is to be by the renewing of the mind through the word of God is a non-conformity to the world. And so we can't conform to the image of Jesus and tangle with the world. It's an impossibility. And that is sheer frustration. And at some point, it's either you realize the error of your way and just let go of the things of the world and realize how dissatisfactory they are and that they truly, they do lead to death. Or, Or you just walk away from the one true God, from the one that truly loves you, from the reality of this divine life. And so our prayer is that, We'll fully disengage with the ways of the world. Obviously, we do live in the world, and we do have jobs in the world, and we're to do them with all diligence, but our our information intake, uh, that which washes our brain, that which we meditate on, that which is the instructor of our life is the Word of God. And so when I finished the message last week, we did the recap, and I did something like I've been kind of doing of late. I'll ask the other children what was their little um recap and um I don't film them. And so I did I, I did that last Sunday and my youngest daughter, my youngest daughter, 10 years old, Elisa, after she heard the message, open your heart to allow change. Her recap was astounding to us. And so that will be the title for today. And her little recap was Christianity is a full commitment to God's word. Christianity is a full commitment to God's word. So the way that we open our heart to allow change in our life is that we submit to the power of the Word of God on a continued basis full commitment. It is full commitment. It is full commitment. And so then my other daughter, Victoria, I asked her for her little moment of recap. And this is the phrase she gave me. They really two go hand in hand. You cannot just dip your toes in the word. You can't just dip your toes. You can't just dip your toes. You have to be fully committed. Do you know that the world the world and, and the ways of the world are fully committed to be a stumble to you and your Christian walk. Do you know that there is a spirit of the air, a.k.a. Satan, that is fully committed, fully in, all the way in, to make you walk away from that which you believe? that your mind is being bombarded by doubt and unbelief on a regular basis from the outside. And so we are living in an hour where we have to know whom we serve. We have to know the one we bow the knee to and, and really the time for compromise in that little uh, gray zone that many of us have played for a season, neither here nor there, just checking on Sunday morning. To our local church, or once in a while whenever convenient, that that playing field is gone. It's either you're in or you're not in. And there is a great accountability that is coming on the body of Christ because judgment always starts, judgment starts where? With the house of God. It's so our hearts are on display before God. Our hearts are on display before God, and our commitment level is being watched—not just by God, but be, we're being scrutinized by our peers. We're uh, really spiritual entities. I can say we're being scrutinized. There are snares are laid up for us that we'll escape all of them when we're fully committed to the Word of God. And so we've been talking about epinosis. Now that is full commitment to the word of God. That is where you, and, I, and I, I think, was it, which message was it? I think the one prior to last Sunday where I talked on an unveiled face before God, where I looked at 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12, how the, though now we, we, we know and we look as in a dim mirror, but then we will, we'll know as we are fully known, as we're fully known. And we looked at that relationship. We looked at the Greek strong concordance, how important it was that, that we understand that the degree, to the degree that we allow God, to the level that we allow God to be intimate with us, to know us, to the degree that we invite Him holy, holy in our lives. Is that how much we'll know Him for all eternity? And so living a life wide open to God requires a commitment. And when you're wide open, as James says, um, to come that, to, to draw, draw nigh unto God, he is then drawing nigh unto us. And, and to the degree that we commit to his word, that word is being committed right back to disclose, disclose ways of life that are of, from above, to disclose ways of thoughts that triumph every carnal thought, that as we commit to the Word of God, the Word is committed to open the eyes of our understanding. So that we will see because this word is the discerner. This word is your eye. It's your gaze. It's your hearing. This word is who you are. You're born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God that does not fade away, doesn't perish, but abides forever. So this abiding forever life is only found in the word of God. And that is a true commitment. And we know the Word is fully committed because He came as a man. And He died by taking on the entire sin nature of all of us. And it crushed Him. The Word talks about being smitten, cast away from God and... So much to say, where are you, Father? Where are you, God? Why have you forsaken me? The ultimate separation, the ultimate price he paid. He became sin, separate from God. Separate from God. So that we be one with God, made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is commitment. That is a love divine. That That is Him laying down His life for you and for me. Full commitment. And so we yield, we yield our lives. That was a living sacrifice. And we make a choice that we will be fully committed to the word of God. When we say fully committed to God, sometimes I don't think we we really break it down what that means. I'm fully committed to God. Well, your habitation, your time with God on a regular basis, your time spent in reading the Word, your time spent in really pondering about the truth of who He is in your life, uh, that tells you how committed you are. And all of us can come a little higher. That's why in James 4, he to all of us, the invitation is, draw nigh, draw nigh unto me, God says. And then he draws nigh unto us. And so that's an eternal, an eternal, an eternal being of fellowship. It is a fellowship. It is a fellowship that is spirit to spirit. That's how we draw nigh unto him, by our spirit man. Because Paul tells the Romans that our mind is what? An enemy to God with our natural mind. We'll never draw near to God. And so a full commitment to the word of God is what commitment to God is. Because this word is transforming our mind. So we can put on the mind of Christ, which is the mind of the spirit. And that's how, that's how we walk out this oneness we have. We think his thoughts. When we think his thoughts, we say his words. We become his thoughts. Because out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth is speaking as we have heard him in our heart. As we have perceived him in our heart, so we say and so we become. And so that's why I picked the title of Elisa's recap last week. Christianity is a full commitment to God's word. And you can't just dip your toe in it. Let's go to second Timothy. We'll start there and how really appropriate it is because it came from my youngest daughter and it's, it's just, um, a very precious moment to me, obviously. In, in, Second Timothy chapter three. Verse fourteen. And then I'll put it in the context of this chapter, but I just want to read a few verses here until seventeen and then we can put it in the context of the chapter three. But you must continue. For commitment. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Many Christians, they learn some things and they're assured of those things and just stop. They just stop. They think they, they got it all. They heard some anointed preachers preach the revealed word of God and the word opened up and they think they got it all. The word says continue, continue. In the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. From childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, and that word "known" is the word idol. And we actually looked at the word idol. I, the reason I started on this on this theme of epinosis and this revealed knowledge that we are becoming, it, it was I had come across a, a devotional I had printed out some time back, and it was titled "Epinosis: The Highest Kind of Knowledge." and And um, the writer of this devotional talks about the three levels of really revelatory knowledge. The first being gnosco. It is revelation knowledge. There is an unveiling of our spirit meant to know that Jesus is Lord, how we become born again. And then we go into the next level of, of revelation called awareness. And this is the idol. This is that word that, that here talks about from childhood you have known. And this word idol, just from this devotion, I'll look it up, is that you brought into this awareness. It's a different kind of knowledge that shows you all the wonderful blessings that God has deposited in your life. It is like when you enter a dark room. So he's saying from childhood you have known. It's like when you enter a dark room and the lights are turned on. You become aware of all the things in the room. This is another form of revelation which is in Greek called idol knowledge it means knowledge with awareness so from childhood Paul is telling Timothy that he's had this awareness of the scriptures he's had this awareness of the word of God in um, verse 15 and I wanted to look in the strongs that word from infancy you have known the holy scripture it is to know, to remember, to appreciate. And actually that word, look, um, oh, it's, my app is not opening up. It was when you see and you know. It's kind of like saying when someone's breaking something down to you, explaining it, you say, oh, I see that. I see that. I, I, I get it. This is idol. It's this awareness. Right. Yes. Yes, it is so. So you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able, this is it, full commitment to the Word of God. Why? Because it's able to make you wise. Able to make you wise for salvation Through faith which is in Christ Jesus. This is how your faith works in Christ Jesus. This is how you walk from glory to glory. This is how you become transformed and conformed to the image and the likeness of the one true God. This is your life now. And so he's saying you need to continue because why? In verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want to look that in the Strong's. That all scripture, these divine writings, are God-breathed. They're divinely breathed. They're inspired of God. When you pick up the word of God, it is God breathed. People say, I want to get close to God. I want to get close to God. And really on some kind of a moment, they fail to realize that when you are in the word, you're very close to God. You're becoming one with God. And the next level of revelation, when you fully commit to the word of God from idol, it is this participatory knowledge of revelation that is epinosa. It's where you're able to walk out that which you have been taught with a full assurance. And really these messages, they kind of overflow one for another. So you might want to go back to the very beginning when I started teaching on epinosis. But also they're kind of standalones. But the theme is the Word of God. The theme is the Word of God has inherent power to open your sight, to make you wise to know how to navigate in this dark age, to be a bright light, to have a word in due season, to not be ashamed of the gospel, to stand and be bold when everyone around is denying the lordship of Jesus, when everyone potentially could be mocking you and definitely there's an hour of great persecution. Great persecution. Haven't seen nothing yet, though. And so... To know how to walk as the sons of God. This word is our enabler to make us wise. So the scriptures that God breathe and are useful. They're useful. But look at the power of this word useful. Profitable. They all want to make a profit. Beneficial. They're all looking out for themselves. Helpful serviceable. This word is serviceable. It is given to serve you. That's why Jesus said, I came to serve you. How many, when they want something that's profitable to them, beneficial to them, and useful, and helpful, and serviceable, actually come to the word of God? How many seminars people listen online? They'll give like 40 minutes without an issue. But when it comes to preach message, oh, it's too long. All of us are guilty of it. You know why? Because we still have unsubdued flesh. And flesh is stubborn and thinks it knows it all. For flesh, useful, it's not the word of God. For the flesh, Beneficial, it's not the Word of God. For the flesh, profitable, it's not the Word of God. More money in the bank account, potentially. But then even that is not good enough. It's going to be even more than that. Because the Word of God to the flesh is a crucifier. (laughs) But we're to do one thing. Forget those things which are behind. We're to reckon this old man dead. And to to be fully committed To the word of God, to grow thereby, to bring forth a maturity, to come into this higher knowledge, this fuller, real knowledge epinosis, that we be the demonstrator of the love of God and the whole earth is groaning and earning for the sons of God to be revealed. It looks like a full transformation that comes through the word of God. So the Word of God is useful. We we'll look at that word for instruction. So it's it's profitable, it's beneficial, it's useful, it's helpful, it's serviceable for instruction. Instruction, what instruction for life. We said that this word is our life. His word is life to us. and the word instruction is teaching instruction. Also for conviction, which is persuasion, reprove. You know, it's so important to walk with this conviction in these last days. Because it really is what keeps you straight. It's what really keeps you running forward. It's really what prevents you from coming to a, a sudden halt. Because of a snare you did not perceive. And it's also important to be fully persuaded. And only the word of God does it. Only the word of God. That's how faith comes. It's useful for also correction. And that is actually here. A straightening up again. Rectification. We're being rectified. We're being, being set back on the right path. The kinky thoughts we had that took us here, there, everywhere. Well, God said that. No, God didn't say that. Well, I think God thinks this about it. Well, I think God's interpreting it this way today. Well, I think I think kinky ways, without the persuasion of the Word of God and the working of the Holy Ghost, we'll have so many misunderstandings in the carnal mind. And so we're to submit our mind to the Word of God and for training, the word is useful for training, and that is education or training. By implication, it's actually a disciplinary correction. Oh, disciplinary correction. I have learned to love that. It is ouch, but it is awesome to be corrected, to be trained, to be built up by the Word of God, to know that I have an assurance with my Father, that I'm well-pleasing to Him. That comes from this persuasion, from this conviction, from this training, from this instruction of the Word of God. Solely is to make me wise. And all of this training, correction, uh, straightening up of my way, it is to be brought up in this revelation of righteousness. It is for training in righteousness. It is for correction in righteousness that we'll be able to situate ourselves permanently, forever, in full commitment. We are now, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we are now made righteous in the sight of God. And that, to the believer, is the ultimate power, a righteousness mindset. This is how we reign in life, through righteousness through righteousness and when you hear someone I'm just a sinner when you hear someone struggling you know they are growing there is a little more growth to be done because without the revelation of righteousness we will walk like we are defeated on many levels condemnation number one always Feeling like we missed it again, missed it again, messed up again, messed up again. messed. And and there are times, yes, that happens, yes. And there is that sweet gift of repentance. Father, here I am. Forgive me. Thank you for making me righteous in your sight. And so now I go back in the Word. I allow this Word to transform my mind, to teach me in righteousness, so I can walk out righteousness. The purpose of the teaching of the Word of God is to tell you who you are. To make you wise. When you know who you are in Christ and who he is in you, hope of glory to the world. You're unstoppable. No condemnation can make you slide back. No accusation can make you trip up. And there's plenty of all of it nowadays. But one thing we do, we run, we run this race, we run this race. And so that's why this title from a 10-year-old, from a 10-year-old listening to a 45, 50-minute message on Open Your Heart to Allow Change, the recap of that in one line, in one line was Christianity is a full commitment to God's Word. That's how simple it is. That's how simple it is. It's all to do with the word of God. All of it. All of it. And like Victoria said, you can't just put your little toesy in it. You can't just, you can't just try the water out if it works. Is it mild enough? No. This word is powerful and really violent in the spirit. It brings forth a great turmoil of a shift in your life where you forsake all to gain Him alone. It is a knife, it's a sword, a double-edged sword. This word is not, it's not, it's not for the faint of heart. This is God himself. This word is truth. It's not cozy and cuddle although it does that for you too. We have the comfort of the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Spirit discloses the words of Jesus to us. So let's go. We're well, actually the context of this chapter, this passion. He he's wrapping up a thought here that he started. Well, I mean, he's he's really instructing Timothy in these ways to be strong in the grace of the Lord and to to walk in the faith that he has received from his uh, grandmother and mother, and to be not afraid, to be not afraid, because we are in. Perilous times, and so that's what chapter 3 starts with. But know this, know this. I mean, if you wrote this to Timothy, how much more now? Know it. We have to know it. It shouldn't be a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise. Where's God? Where's God? He's been telling us what's coming. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And that's why it's important to be fully committed to the Word of God. Because many deceivers, many deceptive ways are right here, right now. Not just in the horizon coming, but they're right here, right now. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, loving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, brutal people despisers of good, traitors. Why are we shocked at what we hear and we witness at times? Headstrong and hearty, lovers of pleasure. Lovers of pre- pleasure rather than lovers of God. But look at the next verse. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. All of these Brutal men, blasphemers, lovers of money, lovers of themselves, slanderers, unforgiving, lacking self-control, despisers of good can actually be found in our midst. And they may have and they will have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power, the power of what? Of the living words the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of this salvation to bring us into newness of life, the power of this transformation that is of the word of God from glory to glory. He says, from such people, turn away. Time to turn away from such people. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captive of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, Always always learning. We're coming back into epinosis. These brutal people, these lovers of money, these lovers of self, these unthankful, unholy people, always learning and never, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That knowledge there is epinosis. Always learning. Give me one more message, one more message. Always learning, but never coming into the depth of that which they have heard. Why a lack of commitment to the Word of God, laziness, and that's why it's one of the words there that and, and what we just read about the Word of God that it, it's for correction. It just put you back on the straight path, right? That word correction that we in Second Timothy three sixteen it is um, a straightening up again, rectification. Without the word of God, we're toast. We'll think we're good little Christians. We'll think we're really godly, very godly people, but denying the power. Lovers of self, or me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. And then he talks of Janus and Jambres, and, and these are the magicians in Pharaoh's in court when Moses and Aaron came to demonstrate the power of God. And um, in that context, of course, they denied the power because they thought they were as powerful as Moses and Aaron. And when that staff of Moses was thrown and became a snake, they did the same. They replicated that miracle. But what happened? Moses' snake ate up their snake. And then out of those 10 10, uh, signs... Actually, I have a little bookmark. They were able to replicate the first two. If we go to Exodus. Exodus um, in 7. These magicians. These magicians here with the first plague. Because the water turning into blood in verse 22. It says, then the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantment. With their enchantment. So they also could turn water into blood. And Pharaoh's heart grew hard and he did not. Heed them didn 't heed to Aaron and Moses, as the Lord said, and then we see that with the second the second plague in uh, chapter eight verse eighteen now the magicians so worked with their enchantments don't fool around with black magic there's evil power, but it's a defeated power now the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lies, but they could oh, actually the second one was um, with the um, frogs in uh, chapter 8, 7. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs on the land of Egypt. And then we come into the third plague of the lice. And in verse 18, chapter 8, Exodus, Moses writes, Now the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. And their power was sapped. And they resisted and opposed, they opposed Moses. And so such are people now, such are people now. But look what qualifies him as being opposers to Moses and opposers to God. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also, what? Resist the truth. When you resist the truth, you're opposing God's people. When you resist the truth, you are resisting God. And so full commitment to the word of God is how you're wide open to God. And that's why now you understand why by the Holy Ghost, young Elisa could wrap up, open your heart to allow change to Christianize the a full commitment to God's word. Because when you're open to truth, your heart's open to God. And so that is the context of the word alone can make you wise in verse ten, chapter three, Second Timothy. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, I mean, uh, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured! Look at these things. What he went through. Long suffering. He had to long suffering, the love of God, to persevere. Uh, persecutions, afflictions, and he says, out of all of these, God delivered him. The word brought great deliverance. Says, out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil men mal- and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And that takes us right into what we just read early in verse 14, the way to continue in the word of God. From here, let's go to there's a verse in 1 Timothy 4. This is what happens when there is a, what did we say? Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. In 1 Timothy 4, Paul writes to Timothy again, verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith. They've hardened their heart. They're resisting truth. Giving heed to deceiving spirits. And that's what I said earlier. If you're not found in the word, you're not found in life, you're not found in truth, and you are then in deceiving ways. And so here we see it that they've departed from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving, to be received with thanksgiving to those who believe and know the truth. Know that word is epinosis, When you know, when you know the truth, When you know the truth, you would not be having a form of godliness and denying the power of it. You're not in these legalistic ways of religiosity. Do this, don't do that. If you don't do this, you're more holy. If you do this, you're less godly. Having a form of godliness and denying the power. What is the power? When you give thanks to God, you're sanctifying what you're bringing in. When you know that, when you do it under the revelation knowledge, when you do it under this epinosis, when you know truth, when you've grown up in the Holy Scripture and you're continuing in them and you are allowing the word to transform your mind, you are above it all. You are in the power of God. Let's go to Second Peter. I love this one here coming up. Second Peter. Second Peter two. I'm gonna go quickly. I've got Maybe two more verses. Second Peter 2.20. This is a stern one about deceptions of false teachers. In verse 18. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness. See, all of it is in this last hour. I really wanted to focus in what we're living in right now. And the only way out is the word of God. The only way out of this evil corruption is the word of God. The only, the only way out of deception is the word of God. That's why full commitment to the word, so you will grow and become truth. So th- these these false teachers they have swelling words, but they're empty. They're empty. They're lured through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness. And the ones who have actually escaped, the ones who have actually have escaped from those who live in error, they lure back those that have been sanctified by the blood of Christ. While they promise them liberty. So if you're not continuing with the Word of God, you still are susceptible to deception. Just because you go to church on Sunday, just because once, once in a while on the blue moon, you just, 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 let's go read a little psalm. Let's go, let's just, let's see what James says. No, James, I don't like James. He's too hard. James too hard. you got to continue. You have to abide in the vine. The only way can bear fruit for the kingdom. And so they, they make this these, these, these they, they promise them liberty. They themselves are slaves of corruption. By whom a person is overcome by him, also he is brought into bondage. So those who have been set free are being brought into bondage by being promised a false liberty. When you know freedom. And that's what the importance of knowing, this epinosis of knowing the word. And the word knowing you. For as the word knows you, you know him. And verse 20, for if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord, and that word through the knowledge, the way they escape the pollution of the world, that's the word epinosis. That's how you escape. You're on the higher plane. You're far above it in your understanding. you fully unveiled to truth. And so at that moment, the lower doesn't get you. But if you don't continue, you've been snared. This is, this is the context here. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through knowledge, through this knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not. This is so sad. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness." You see, epinosis, this higher knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is always tied to righteousness. This is what the Word of God brings about a revelation of righteousness. So he's saying that though that they escaped through this divine knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and they got to know His righteousness. So after they've known of the way of righteousness, They what? Turn from the holy commandment. They turn from the holy commandment. They turn away from the word. And verse 22, but it has happened to them according to the the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit. How sad. A dog returns to his own vomit and a soul having washed to her, wallowing in the mire again. Yeah. Romans 1, I don't want to meditate that too much. Romans 1, but it's the truth. And we need to look at these verses and be accountable. So just because we came into this higher knowledge of righteousness, we don't stop. We don't stop. Lest we turn away from this word of truth. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered to them. Wow. So uh, Romans 1 32. It's again, again, of people not acknowledging God in, in, 1 uh, 118. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteous men who suppress the truth, suppress, they oppose the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. And so they're refusing to be persuaded. They're refusing to be persuaded. So then we go to verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a despised, a retrobate mind. To a despised mind to do those things which are not fitting. And he explains what these things are what comes from a retrograde mind. And so, verse 32, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, and that word knowing is epinosis. You got to keep knowing. You can't just attend to it one time. I got it. You got to keep growing, continue in the scriptures that are God-breathed. Who knowing, that's the word epinosis, The righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Now that is a sad state. But I tell you, we are on the happy moment. If we go just a few verses up in the same chapter in Romans 1, Verse 16, this is the finisher. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We're not ashamed. We're not going to deny his power. We're not going to deny the attributes that we see of God in creation and even within ourselves. We'll not deny who he is in us. We'll not depart readily and quickly to a false liberty when we already are fully liberated because the Son of God has set us free. And so because of it, we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, what is being revealed? For in it, for in it in this power of god that is in the gospel this power of god is for what what is the power revealing it's going to tell you for in it the righteousness of god is revealed from faith to faith as it is written the sh- the just the just shall live by faith so we continue to live by faith from faith to faith to walk in this revelation of righteousness, to walk and enter into that moment where we become full participants with the righteousness of God, that as He is, so am I now, fully right with my living God. I am one with my Father. I'm face to face, wide open hearted to Him. And one thing I do, forget what was, and I make a choice to have a full commitment to the Word of God. Glory be to God. We are done. Amen.